and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and analyze the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for our and hopefully your amusement. I am your howling in the bayou of a host, Gary, with my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann. Hi, Gary. So are you ready for our first episode of the new year? Yes. Okay. About time. Most definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to what 2021 has for us. So happy holidays to everyone, as we hope you are enjoying the season with your family and friends. Uh, this will be our first podcast for the new year, and we actually made it past the dreaded seventh episode. And, what do you mean the seventh episode? Well, glad you asked. Um, for those who are not aware, there's a superstition that most people give up on podcasts by the seventh episode. <laughs> um, this is usually due to be, because of frustrations from the lack of listeners or dissatisfaction with how their podcast is working or if the novelty has just worn off. Oh, that's good. Yes. Well, uh, we have actually getting past that. And luckily, we're still enjoying bringing these mysteries to you. And we're planning on expanding and continuing the work we do. Very nice. So keep listening. And yeah, I think we're going to continue on with uh, how this is working out for us. Awesome. Now, with that being said, we're still not experts in any field of uh, ghosts or cryptids or anything like that. Basically, we just collect the stories and we present them to you for your amusement. So if you came to this podcast to hear irrefutable proof of the existence of the paranormal, we're probably the last people you should listen to. Well, not the last. Okay, next to the last. <laughs> but if you came to be entertained, then turn down the lights. And let me tell you about some of the most fascinating stories with our own two cents of what they mean. Now, away from the bright lights in the cities of Louisiana is the full moon hanging high over the swamplands. There are ominous cypress trees that hide the eyes that watch for unsuspecting people as the swamp's residents buzz and croak, and then you hear a howl. That sound in the near distance could be a wolf, but something's not quite right about the sound. A shadow from the moonlight shows an enormous roaring creature in the distance, it leans its head back to howl at the moon, but this is no wolf. This two-legged creature of Louisiana is the Rougarou. Dun, dun, dun! Now, Goldie <laughs> and you being from Louisiana, did you grow up with tales of the Rougarou? No, not really. I didn't. When did you first hear of it? Um, in my later years. Matter of fact, I do have a story I wrote about it. That is true, yeah. and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to create this episode of the podcast. Awesome. Because I did read your story as part of the collection, and I thought that would be a good tie-in for this episode. Awesome. For people who are not familiar with the Rougarou, I wanted to give a little background information, because the Rougarou actually originated from French stories and lore. It was combined with the stories of lycanthropes, otherwise known as werewolves. Most of the stories of the Rougarou describe it having the shape-shifting abilities, but it also has the bonus of being able to take the form of various animals to hunt or to hide. Whereas the French version only changes back and forth into wolves, the Rougarou 
legends actually involve transformations into creatures that blend in with the farmyard creatures. So not just wolves, but you also have to incorporate pigs and cows. Nice. They don't sound very scary. I think if I came across a cow that then turned into a man that then turned into a werewolf would qualify as scary. Well, when you put it that way. Well, I always put it that way. <laughs> True. Now, so the, that would be like a man bear pig? A man, yes. A Rougarou <laughs> actually would definitely qualify as a man bear pig. Yes. Because finally, South fine. Park comes to circle full in my life. And you finally got to actually use that. Man bear pig. Man bear pig in an actual episode that makes sense. Man bear pig. Yes. <laughs> now, the Rougarou possesses abilities, making it an unstoppable predator. It has speed, it has superhuman strength, it has animalistic senses, and it still has the cunning of a person. The legend of the Rougarou grew as an offshoot of the curse of the werewolf. It was believed by many that if you received a bite or a, squ- or a scratch from a werewolf, the victim would change into a werewolf once a month and terrorize the people of the local towns. The Rougarou, however, has more variations of what it tr- transforms abilities, and how you even catch the curse of the Rougarou spreading from victim to victim. The curse of the Rougarou. That's a new title. The curse of the Rougarou. I hate to bust your bubble, but the curse of the Rougarou is actually a card game Dang. in the Ankham Horror line. Arkham Horror line? Yes. Really? Yes. Why don't we have that? Because <clears throat> we haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, we need that. For those who don't know, we actually have a hobby that we play board games a great deal. And so, yeah, I, I am familiar with one game we have has an expansion. It's called The Curse of the Rougarou. Okay, we're all totally off track here. Well, then let us get back on track, and that means we're traveling to New Orleans and the area around it. Now, these are the majority of the encounters with the Rugu occur here. Many of the stories have witnesses that barely escape certain death, and many of the locals view the lore of the creature basically as a balance to nature and a part of the natural order of the wilderness of Louisiana. So it's considered important to maintain nature against cities, against the humans, and against the wildlife. The very beginning of the Rougarou began as far back as the 15th century. This is when stories occurred throughout France and Germany about werewolves. The werewolf's name in France changed from the Loup-Garou, which was often blamed for mysterious death, disappearances, stolen livestock, and dis- property. Unfortunately for a person, if you were suspected of being a loop guru, you were subjected to public trial where 99% of the time ended in violent executions. So it was not good to be accused of being a loop guru or a French werewolf. Hmm. Now, are you familiar with how close the connection is between the French loop guru, werewolves, and rougarous are? Well, I'm- Kind of. I mean, you know, most of Louisiana population, southern South Louisiana, is mainly French. That's where you get the Cajun from, because they are half French. Correct. So, I think they'd be quite the same. Well, in fact, the stories of the Loop Guru traveled from the French as they began to settle North America, first in Canada. 
stories of the bees were told after dark and amongst friends for fun in the casino, I mean, in the uh, saloons and stuff, and they attempted to outdo each other. However, some accounts of the Rougarou supported that there was more evil than just campfire stories. And the name of the French werewolf changed from Loop Guru to combine with other cultures of the new settlements of the Americas until it was known as the Cajun Rougarou. So when it first started out, it was the Loop Guru brought from France and was told in Canada. But then it started combining with Native American legends and with other American tales till it kind of morphed and traveled south and became Louisiana's Rougarou. Hmm. Interesting. In fact, there are some aspects of the Native American myths that support the Rougarou. Some tribes combine the Rougarou in with the legends of the Wendigo or act other creatures such as skinwalkers. Skinwalkers are tribal medicine men who delve into black magic to take the form of animals such as wolves. So can you see the combination of American creatures such as the Wendigo and skinwalkers combining with werewolves creating the Rougarou? Absolutely. Now, as the French church, which was Roman Catholics, wanted to utilize the legend of the Rougarou, the curse of the creature fell upon those that failed to follow the rules of Lent for seven consecutive years. So instead of be, the legends of the French werewolf was, if you got bit by one, you became one. For the French Rougarou, you became a Rougarou if you ignored Lent for seven consecutive years. So the French Catholics would warn that those people were at risk for being cursed. But that wasn't the only way you could become cursed be with the Rougarou. Okay. Other causes involved uh, creatures hunting down those that failed to follow their Lent promises. Children were warned that if they didn't do what their parents asked, the Rougarou would take them away and never be seen again. So, Goldian, is this just basically another boogeyman meant to scare children into being good? Um, that sounds like it would be, but I don't know. The Rougarou's been around so long. I don't know. I think he's just a boogeyman for children. There's so many different aspects of him. Right, and another aspect of how you became a Rougarou actually involved voodoo. Oh, nice. Which is very prevalent in New Orleans. And it says that voodoo priests or priestesses were rumored to be responsible for placing the curse of the Rougarou. This version also has the addition that if you fight a voodoo curse Rougarou, if you can cut it with a knife, usually a silver one, will force the Rougarou to return to his human form. That makes sense. Silver bullet. Right. So if you can cut it with a silver knife, but there's an added, added rule to this uh, battle. Uh-oh. The person that injures the Rougarou in this manner must keep the Rougarou secret and is prohibited from telling anyone about the incident for a full year. Or the person who cut the Rougarou then takes on the curse and becomes the beast for the next time. Awesome. Correct. Now, can you understand that this might be a reason why many people aren't willing to speak about seeing a Rougarou? Absolutely. Might be hard, but I couldn't find so much information on him. No one wants to talk about him. Or else you might take on the curse. I wrote a story about him. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so you're... 2020. So yes. <laughs> oh, God. It's all my fault. Well, that I... you might be turning into a Rougarou might be. I wrote lines before 2020. Oh, well, there you go. 
Now, regardless of how a person is cursed to become a Rougarou, it is told that when a cursed individual returns to human, usually only during the day, they're generally weak, sickly with bags under their eyes, basically because they're not getting enough sleep. And people are warned to watch for people having these symptoms if they suspect them of being cursed. At night, the person will then transform with an unquenchable thirst for human blood. Usually, the first victims are the close family and friends. Now, I'm sorry, I'm checking for bags under my eyes. I'm glad to see that there are no bags under your eyes. Okay, good. And uh, are you getting enough sleep? I don't know. My, my sleep watch tells me I am. Well, then that's good enough for me. Okay, good. But what isn't good enough is, well, the end, do you even know how to fight off a Rougarou? Mm. Darn it. I didn't cover that in my book. <laughs> in my story. Really important thing to know is how do, how do you fight off a combat a Rougarou? In fact, there are multiple methods of defending yourself against a Rougarou. Now, we already mentioned the Silver Blade if he was cursed by a voodoo priest. However... Some of the best defenses against a Rougarou involve no combat at all. So you run. No, even oh. better than running. Because according to some lore, if you leave 13 small objects, any type of objects that may attract its attention in front of your door, this creates a barricade against the creature. Basically, the Rougarou is so obsessed with midnight that it can only count to 12. So when there are 13 objects, such as, say, 13 pennies, the creature becomes so confused trying to count and recount the number of the objects, it causes it to waste the entire night. So for the cost of 13 pennies, you can protect your home against this animalistic creature. That's crazy. <laughs> I would not promote crazy ideas. Yes, you can defeat a Rougarou because he can't count past 12. Now, there are other weaknesses, according to the legends, that include the tried-and-true silver, salt, garlic, holy relics, and sunlight, okay. or the modern UV light. This make more sense. Yeah, these are what we're more used to, especially in the movies. However, it should be pointed out that these are not actually strong enough to kill a Rougarou. They can only en enable you to stun one long enough to escape. In fact, there's really only one way to permanently kill the creature, according to legend. That is by removing its head and burning the body completely until there are only bones remaining. Only the flames will enable the spirit to stay dead. Wow. So, we mentioned that the Rougarous came over with the French to the New World, and this is when many of the stories started occurring. In fact, one of the first stories I was able to come across dated all the way back to the 1700s, so even before the United States and the Revolution. Okay. One of the oldest stories involves a man who was out hunting for food with his family, and after a long day within the woodlands, he spotted this huge giant bird standing on the trunk of a fallen tree. Since he was hunting and decided that this would be enough to feed his family, he raised his rifle, the bird took flight, but he was still able to hit the bird with an arrow. He watched where it came crashing from the sky to the ground, and then he went to collect his dinner. 
However, upon reaching the site of where he saw the bird fall, he did not come across the body of a bird, but the body of a naked, full-grown man with an arrow lodged deep inside him. And like I said, this is a good example of how the variation of animal species occurs. Right. So this Rougarou actually changes forms between man and bird. There's another story about a truck driver in 1971. He had been driving for a very long time and was quite fatigued. And it was because of how tired he was that he didn't notice a cow standing in the middle of the road at night in time to prevent him from hitting it. However, as the driver got out of his truck and went to check on the animal, the cow stood back up, looked at the man, and proceeded to transform back into a human itself. Unfazed by the accident, the man-creature then ignored the truck driver and made its way back into the wilderness. Wow. Now, how frightened would you have been to see a cow that you just hit with a truck Stand up and turn into a man and run off. Um, I think that would kind of freak me out. Just a little bit. Definitely would wake you up so that you, didn't, oh, yeah. you, weren't, you weren't falling asleep the rest of the drive. Absolutely. The stories will continue, and uh, there are more that popped up from the 1990s. Wow, that wasn't that long ago, it feels like. Yeah. Well, one of the most amusing stories uh, was when a farmer was performing his daily chores. Okay. Okay. And he was out feeding the animals, and he had walked past his pen of pigs when he noticed that there was an extra one that was not there earlier in the day. So he's just walking by, minding his own business, glances over at the pig pen, and, you know, does a mental count of, like, the four pigs he's supposed to have. Well, this time he notices there are five. Confused, the the farmer turns back to the pig pen to recount the pigs, but this time he discovers that the extra pig was gone, and now there's a cow. So he has four pigs and a cow now in the middle of his pig pen. Okay, that's weird. Well, even worse is the cow turned to him and stared at him menacingly, at which time the farmer raced back to his home, slammed the door, and looked out his window. He did it just in time to see the cow now turn into a half-man, half-wolf creature that this beast watched the farmhouse for quite some time before turning off to run into the night. So this Rougarou actually didn't just change from one form. It changed from pig to cow to a werewolf. And, you know, used it not only as disguise, but to get closer to the farmer, possibly to attack him. Hmm. 2000s. Yes, now we're getting into the 2000s. More stories during the beginning of the 2000s began to spread with the same plot. So there was a whole collection of stories that came out in the 2000s, all pretty much sounding the same. Basically, they said that there was a young man who was returning home from a high school dance, and as he was walking along a dark country road, A wolf-like creature leaped from the woods out at him. He pulled out his pocket knife to defend himself and managed to cut the creature. And as it backed away from the boy, it transformed into a man and ran into the bushes, never to be seen. And pretty much every high school kind of had the same story going on for a time period there. So this was like the catch-all story of the Rougarou that everyone knew. Nice. 
more specifically, there were a couple of eyewitnesses stories that were presented in different websites and different YouTube videos. And one of them that I caught had occurred in 2003. In fact, this is an encounter in the woods while camping, which is a common scenario amongst the legends of the Rougarou. In this example, there's a man that goes camping with his girlfriend and other friends. They had planned to be out for about five days, and the first day was fine and everything was pretty normal, as was the second day. However, during the night of the third day, everything changed for this small group of campers. During this night, everyone was sleeping in their tents until they heard rustling outside. Now, as each couple was sleeping in their own tents, each did possess a walkie-talkie to call each other. The hero of this story, or the one who presented it, heard a strange rustling sound that he, outside of his tent that he was sharing with his girlfriend. So he immediately got on the radio and asked if his friends could hear the same noise from their tents. They said yes, almost cutting him off because apparently they were about to call and ask him the same thing. So all three tents heard the same noise and the same rustling outside. Okay. So the three guys decided to meet outside the tents to see what was going on, and they made sure to grab their one rifle that they possessed. Outside of the tent, the three men met at the center of the campsite. The noise seemed to be getting closer and closer through the wood line. It was a heavy sound within the bushes and in the dark. It sounded more like another person in the woods rather than some animal which worried them more than anything. They were prepared for a small dog, uh, a raccoon or anything like that. But this sounded much larger and much more dangerous. The three of them walked over to where they heard the creature trying not to make a sound. However, before they could reach that location, they heard a nightmarish screaming from behind them. Immediately, they turned around by instinct and they reported that they felt goosebumps all over their body even before they saw what it was. The first impression was that this was an old woman and not just a raccoon. This was someone who definitely should not have been in the forest at this time of night. However, after the initial shock wore off, they realized that this was no person. Her skin was far too pale and it looked like it was rotting right off of her body. And then they saw her legs, which were veiny and bent backwards, and they seemed to reach in the end of claws rather than feet. The terrible sight of it almost caused them to drop the one rifle they had before they remembered that they possessed it. <laughs> they were almost too frightened to react at all. Yeah. However, the thing, whatever it was, was making its way to their tent where his girlfriend was sleeping. Terrified at what this thing wanted, the man took up an aim and shot at the creature. He thought he had hit it because it screamed again. This time, the scream was louder and sounded like it was in pain. However, the bullet did not kill it. Instead, the creature turned and dashed back off into the woods, disappearing from view. His two friends chased after it while he attended to his girlfriend to make sure she was okay. Thankfully, everyone was fine, 
So when his friends returned out of the woods, they loaded up their car, and they didn't even bother packing up their gear or tents. Basically, they just got the hell out of there. Hmm, interesting. Needless to say, it took a while for him and his friends to want to go camping again, and to this day, they say they will never return to that area of the woods. Now, Goldian, I know you're not a fan of camping, so I hope this doesn't scare you from trying it, right? Um, depends on where we're going. We're not in Louisiana, right? <laughs> no. Oh, wait, we're in Florida, though. Well, I haven't seen any reports of Rougarous in Florida. No, just swamp apes. Exactly. <laughs> now, my last story occurred in 2017. Wow. And even though there have not been a large number of incidents involving the Rougarou within the actual news stories, there are no shortage of tales about the encounters with the Rougarou. As a sure way to have a Rougarou target you is to tell about meeting one. So it's not surprising that names and personal details are often hidden as locals share these stories with one another. This story, which I found on the internet, is about a teenage boy who moved out into the country of Louisiana. Him and his mother had bought some land for their bison, and the creature made its appearance in February of 2017 when it began to attack the farmer's cattle on the local lands. Bison? Bison is another word for buffalo. No, I'm just saying bison in Louisiana? Now, according to this story, this what this farm was raising. They were raising bison. Okay. Never seen one in Louisiana. Well, probably this story was what caused them to stop raising bison. Oh. Anyways, um, the Rougarou was attacking cattle, and eventually it made its way down to the town to prowl around the homes at night. The boy's mother said it was the Rougarou because it would leave after terrorizing the whole town and was gone by morning because that's when Rougarous would turn back into people. These attacks continued until the summer of 2017 as the boy and his mother were hanging out on the deck of their home when they heard the howling of the Rougarou. The creature was sneaking around their land. Amongst the bushes, it sounded winded, out of breath, and it was crushing twigs. They could hear it as it made its way to the side of the farm's garage, but it was getting closer to the pair, so they started to get frightened. Just then, the creature left. Unfortunately, it came back again around one o'clock in the morning. This time, the boy could hear it growling just outside his bedroom window. Too frightened to even move, he was, he was able to send a text to his mother. It took her a while to respond, but when she did, she told him that, quote, I'm not messing around, I'm going outside. His mother was holding a 12-gauge shotgun, and she walked out of the house and onto the front porch to confront the creature. Nice. The boy followed right behind her as he had to hold the flashlight for her. Mom the badass. With her son lighting the way. Hiding behind her. Well, as mom <laughs> would have it. Now, it was, this was when they both caught a glimpse of the Rougarou, and it was described as a tall, wolf-like creature at least seven feet tall with brown-grayish fur. Its claws were razor-sharp and digging into the ground. It had a bit of a hunched back and glowing eyes in the flashlight. 
When the creature heard the two of them, it dropped onto all fours and ran towards the house. The mother took aim with the shotgun and then fired. She claimed that she hit it in the chest, but it kept coming until at the last minute it swerved off and ran into the field. The boy's mother ordered him back in the house where it was safe, so basically that's what he did. His mother locked up the farmhouse behind him after she came back inside and phoned a few relatives for advice. Tears were streaming down her face. She never made any attempt to contact the police, knowing that they would be helpless against this creature. And since this day, the mother and son have been told not to go outside at night, not to whistle at night, because that would provoke the creature, and not to speak of the Rougarou. However, they both knew that it would be back someday. Now, as this story illustrates, many people who encounter the Rougarou do not file police reports because the Rougarou will retaliate, and it limits the amount of documentation to support the existence of such a creature. Or can we imagine that the fact that people believe in the creature so much that they purposely avoid providing evidence works as proof of the Rougarou? Um, probably. I mean, if that's the whole premise behind it, you're not going to just run off and tell people. Because then you would have the Rougarou chasing after Correct. you. And in a lot of the stories, all it takes is the Rougarou to lock eyes with you, to basically hypnotize you into the point that the curse then spreads to you. Nice. So you don't want a Rougarou hunting you down specifically. Now, the Rougarou is an excellent example of folklore. And folklore are basically tales that motivate people to be good to one another or to provide a moral and a lesson to be learned, much like Aesop's fables. Now, the Rougarou uh, was used by the church to support the existence of the creature because they wanted to tell people what happens to you when you fail Lent or what occurs to children when they don't behave. So the church used this folklore to promote people being better. Now, folklore of creatures that punish the bad exists in every culture, and it is possible that the Rougarou is a part of that, pretty much the boogeyman effect. Right. However, many of the stories of encounters with Rougarous occur to good people as well. Perhaps the stories were meant for wicked, but the true monster in the wetlands of Louisiana has expanded to attack good and bad people. So for me, the Rougarou is very interesting because it takes a sustained reputation of a werewolf of France and Germany, brings it over to the Americas, adds some of the American legends of skinwalkers and windigos, and as it migrated from Canada to Louisiana, it morphed into the Americas' own version of a werewolf, the Rougarou. Right. And I think the fact that we can have a werewolf that attacks people and has different ways of cursing you, such as staring at you, being a voodoo curse, or just you telling about the existence of it, makes it a lot different than the loop guru or the French werewolf. And Absolutely. definitely changes the style of the stories that you have in the America version. Awesome. What are your final opinions about the Rougarou? Um, Well, I mean, personally, I love him. He's he's part, just part of the whole Louisiana heritage, the whole South, 
And a lot of people in Louisiana feel the same way. In fact, modern culture in Louisiana embraces the Rougarou. Um, there is an NBA f- basketball team, formerly known as the New Orleans Hornets. They actually filed uh, several new name trademarks, and among them was the Rougarous. Wow, okay, I had no clue about that. Well, they tried, and they did want, uh, for a time there, the new, you would have had the basketball team, the New Orleans Rougarous. Hmm. There's a town, uh, Huma. Huma, Louisiana? Is that pronounced it? Huma. Huma. Well, there's a U in it, so that threw the That's Yankee okay. here off. But Homa, Louisiana actually holds an annual Rougarou Fest every October. And this is a time when they tell stories of the creature, people dress up, and try and, you know, basically give a Halloween theme to the creature. That's awesome. Homa also includes a Rougarou Ball, where some of the most elegant dresses are made for what is called Womp Chic during the month <laughs> of July. Awesome. Another uh, modern culture tidbit is that uh, he's included in a lot of literature and a lot of stories. And in fact, uh, uh, he's actually part of your literature, isn't he, Goldie? Yes. I do under, of course, under my name, Goldie Ann Brand on Amazon. I do have a couple books. Uh, One of them is just a very small 99 cent download. It's called Tales of the Bayou. And it does have a story in there called Lines, and it is about the Rougarou. I'm also in the Books of Horror Community Anthology, Volume 2, which also has my story, Lines, in it. Uh, It's a compilation of me and 49 other authors in one book, if you like those nice, scary tales. That's also, so, yeah. So, if you do (laughs) want to read some actual fictional information... There, there's plenty of stories out there, and right. in fact, uh, Goldian is one of the primary supporters of Rougarou stories. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to make sure that I leave 13 pennies at my doorway tonight, and so I suppose this is a good time to make our way back out of the mist and bring this episode to a close. We do want to give special thanks to bensound.com for the introduction music. And we hope you enjoyed our stories about the Rougarou and South Louisiana's werewolf. Hopefully you'll come back again for our next episode. Please spread word to your friends who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. And we appreciate how many of you have subscribed. You actually make these episodes worth it. Uh, As I was saying earlier, a lot of people get discouraged But based on how many people continue to download our stories and tell us how much they enjoy them, definitely motivates us to get past the seventh episode to this and looking forward to the next one and the next one and many down the way. So until then, we hope you wait. So until then, we hope you make your way out of the mist safely and perhaps a little more curious. This is goodbye from Gary. And Goldian. And goodbye from Within the Mist. Bye.